This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, a practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 164. We're going to be talking about foundational habits and fall. So a couple of F words. (laughs) My my little guy just started my, well, my Next to little guy, uh, just started kindergarten today. So I'm going to sort of F is for foundation habits. Me, <laughs> uh, we're recording this in uh, right after Labor Day, and we are, yeah, fall up here, not so much where you are, but um, that's okay, right, Sarah? No, so I designed this episode so I could live vicariously through your fall <laughs> images and fall fun list and all that good stuff. Yeah, so foundational habits, though, as a concept, you because you suggested this episode, and I like this idea. Where, where did you get this from? 
I think the original concept came from Gretchen Rubin. I think she mentions that there are like some found, I think this was in one of her actual, like one of her earlier books, like Mm -hmm. the happiness project or the happier at home project where, you know, there are certain habits that if you kind of don't do them, make it very hard to do anything else. (laughs) Like, and if you do do them, you find that other things kind of fall into place better. And I do feel like since a lot of our routines and habits have been disrupted, some of us are figuring out what's truly essential and what's not. And also, as some things have been harder to come by, like maybe alone time, you might realize new importance of some of them that you took for granted in the past. So that's why I yeah. thought it'd be a fun conversation. Well, it's always interesting thinking about habits like that, because some things are so ingrained that you don't even think of them as habits, for instance. Like, I mean, I'm guessing you have relatively regular meal times, for instance, right? Do you eat breakfast and lunch and dinner um, that are actual meals, right? Um, pretty much. Pretty much. And and that's that's a habit. Like, not everybody eats that way. But it's so part of our lives that, you know, there are meal times and then there are sort of not meal times <laughs> that, uh, you know, I, I can't even imagine sort of the chaos my life would feel like if I didn't have meals, right? Like if I was just sort of eating random stuff every <laughs> two hours. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that is a foundational habit, but I hadn't put it on the list because it was not even something, you know. Yeah, it's it kind of funny. Me. Like you also realize how arbitrary are like, even going beyond the actual times of meals, the things mm-hmm. that people tend to eat at each yeah. meal, yeah, where that's so cultural. And, you know, many Americans start their day with bagels or cereal yes. or some carb heavy thing, which I do all the time, by the way, I'm not knocking that habit. You know, that's like totally, it's, it's manufactured, right? Like yeah. in many countries, oh, people just eat whatever, you know, like, which you'd get a bunch of Americans that are like, what is this? I, I, uh, I was in Eastern Europe with a group of young people at one point, like a, a big group of young people. And we were staying at, you know, relatively low budget hotel, but it had breakfast. Have I told this story on the podcast? I'm trying to remember. I feel like I've told this story before, but maybe not on the podcast. And, you know, they serve what they serve, which is like, bread and cheese and meat, right? That's breakfast. And, you know, maybe some muesli and a little yogurt or whatever. But they they weren't going out of their ways to make an American breakfast because that's not what the hotel was, right? It wasn't like a giant Weston in the middle of Paris that like re- recognizes that half the people there are American. So they weren't doing that. And some of the young people I was with were like, they couldn't get it into their heads that this is what people eat. Like in their minds, it was just a bad hotel. <laughs> They were. They're like, this is so weird. What's wrong with the breakfast? They can't figure out what. Figure out how to do breakfast. Oh, that's so funny. When I was like 22, and I took a trip to Europe on a very low budget. We stayed at like a bunch of hostels and stuff. That was one of my favorite parts. Was like having like the native. Like usually it (laughs) was, you know bread and butter, you know, sometimes a croissant or, but yes, yeah, sometimes in Scandinavia. And yeah, we didn't mean to make this episode about breakfast, but that's just so <laughs> but it's, it's a good true. It's a, yeah, a foundation. Like you expect yeah. to eat breakfast food in the morning. And if you don't get it, like you feel like what? <laughs> so in that way it is foundational or showering regularly. Right. Um, I mean, you know, I'm a little out of sorts on camping trips if I haven't in a while. Oh my goodness. Well, showering. Okay. Yes. That's a good habit to have. <laughs> good habit to have. All right. Well, with that said, Sarah, how about you go into your foundational habits once we've gotten past showering and eating breakfast? 
Showering is important, although that one falls by the wayside sometimes. I would not say it's a foundational <laughs> habit of mine, although most work days I manage to get it in. The first one is sleep. If I do not get at least seven hours a night, then everything else is very difficult. So I would definitely consider that among one of my foundational habits. And I know some people it's more like eight. And I also know that people are listening to this with young babies and are like, ah. <laughs> So yes, will, people, <laughs> certain yes. people with young babies. <laughs> I know it's so hard. I mean, I didn't get that sleep when I had the little ones and it made everything else harder. So, and I didn't get that sleep when I was in residency and it made everything else harder. So I, I don't think I take it for granted. I'm like very grateful every time I sleep through the night, but yes, I would consider it a foundational habit. The second one is meditation. I, I don't like, it's not like I need to do this every single day, but when I have this fit into my life in some form, I find that everything else runs a little bit more smoothly. And I only spend about 10 minutes doing it and I still use an app for it. So I'm like, and I'm not really looking to um, deepen my practice or lengthen it. I'm just like happy with like that amount. So, um, but I would say it's pretty foundational at this point. Planning. So my daily kind of planning sessions, although I don't always do that on the weekends, but pretty much on every weekday to sit down and think about how I'm going to spend the day and looking at my calendar and just spending that time to think through it. That is a foundational habit for me. Exercise. I know we both have that one in common. I feel best when I work out between five and six days a week, probably six in an ideal world, but I recognize sometimes it's it's five and that's okay. It doesn't have to be a long workout. I think when I was younger, I was trapped into the idea that it had to be like five mile run or it didn't count or something like that. But now I'm happy if it's 30 minutes, even a 25, 20 or 25 minute like HIIT hit session can be plenty. <laughs> um, and then other days I will work out for longer. So I find that it's worth foregoing some sleep, maybe not below that seven hour minimum, but you know, that between seven to eight kind of a thing, I'd rather work out than get eight. And then I think the last two are sort of more like fun things that I really like to build into the day. One is music, which I don't know. If I don't listen to music, it's not like my day is ruined, but I find it like an enhancer of my life and I forget to use it. Like we have Spotify, the premium, so I can listen to any album. And when every time I turn it on, I'm like, oh, it's so much nicer at home with like this nice soundtrack or, you know, if I'm taking a walk and I'm listening to music, it's just such a nice feeling. So I feel like that's pretty foundational. And then reading. I, if I'm not reading, something's wrong in life. So definitely foundational. Yeah. I've been having trouble with the reading lately. I don't know if it's just the combo of lacking the other sleep. foundational it's habits. It's totally the sleep. I yeah, bet you can't. I, I don't want to read anything. I don't want to read a book. I don't want to read. I, I don't know. I just like, I can't get into it. I don't have something I want to read. Like, so it's just, I'm scrolling around a lot and I don't want to do that either. So I've, you know, been consciously attempting to make my Instagram feed like pretty pictures of pretty things if that's what I'm going to look at anyway like I want to make it as much as possible like you know gorgeous interior design and beautiful flowers and things like that but uh yeah I haven't been able to get into any reading of late um so mine are as as people might guess fairly similar to Sarah's um you know we've discussed our lives on on the podcast how we how we sort of function and what we need but um sleep is, is a foundational habit probably for everyone. And right now I'm just not getting enough and enough undisturbed sleep. And it is so hard. It is making everything worse. And, you know, yeah, we're sleep training the baby, but it's not, it's, you know, I don't know. There, I always get somewhat annoyed with this because there's some people for whom it works great and quickly. And then they're like, 
evangelical about it. But then there are kids who are just stubborn. And <laughs> they're, you know, you don't hear the testimonials from those people on the um, on on the sleep training websites or whatever. I mean, it's, I've been this is my fifth kid. It's not like I've never experienced this before. So, of the five kids, you've had five and a five study here. Have they been different? They have. They have. So, Sam and Ruth have always needed more sleep than the others, and did more sleep. You know, Jasper, Alex, and I maybe Henry will say have been less into sleep, and. You can tell that like, you talk to families that their their babies are just much more oriented towards sleep than some of my kids have been. And so, you know, it's just there are particular issues you have to deal with. I mean, there are others that I don't with my kids, you know, so they're, they're, you just you get what you get. You don't get upset. I think it's that you work within <laughs> the framework you have. But like last night, so you know, as you, as you might imagine, I've been doing most of the middle of the night wake ups because, you know, he wants mommy in the middle of the night. So last night, the big idea is that I was going to go sleep in the basement. And so Michael would be fully on for the baby wake ups, probably because he'd hear fewer of them. So maybe we could just like, convince him to get himself back to sleep if it was a mile, you know, a short wake up or something. And so I went down and slept in the basement, but I managed to sleep from 1030 to 1230, at which point Michael and Henry are standing over me like <laughs> he he had been up for like half an hour already at that point. And so, you know, Michael had like given up. And so it was, was like coming to find me. But uh, the honest truth is I couldn't get him down either. I, I was he was up for another hour. It was just not fun. <laughs> So. I feel like there's some genetic mysteries around sleep, especially, you know, when I hear a story like, oh, two of my kids slept great and three of them really aren't into sleeping. Like, it makes me think of some kind of like autosomal dominant variation. I don't know. <laughs> not, mut not mutation because different lengths of sleep need are not, you know, pathologic no, or not. And, and, and that's very interesting. surprise us because there are adults who need eight and a half hours of sleep or they're incredibly grumpy. There are also adults who need six and a half hours of sleep, and that is absolutely fine. And, you know, I would say probably 95% of people are within that range, like between six and a half and eight and a half. I mean, there's a couple who are short sleepers, and there are some people who, for whatever reason, need more. But, uh, you know, most people are in there, but that's a huge range. Like, if you think about day-to-day -day life, like needing six and a half versus eight and a half, like how much, you know, different space is available for other things within that range. When you talk about a baby that's not sleeping well and, and someone kind of like gives you that you're doing it wrong angle, <laughs> I can imagine, particularly when it's your fifth child, that it's like, oh, well, I don't know that, I, you know, I, they have a different experience. And I'm I'm not saying that there are some things that are good or bad. Like, you know, we, we are definitely have some good habits we've been working on with him. He's much better now about sleeping in his crib for naps. Um, we've got that set up where we're very, you know, focused on getting those naps at a certain time. And um, I'm putting him to bed earlier and just, you know, dealing with like the fact that there are wake ups in the, before he goes down for longer stretches. And, you know, it's we have the structures in place. It's just some kids are way, way, way more stubborn about it than others. And I would be unhappy if somebody was forcing me to, you know, I need probably seven point three or four hours of sleep per night. And if somebody forced me to be in my bed for 10 hours, like I would be kind of ticked off about it. Like, you know, I wouldn't want to do it. And why is that any different than, than a child? Like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, I, we whole 
<laughs> bit of a tangent here. <laughs> but it's an important one because because of the reality of the way things are right now, it has prevented you to some extent from, from doing anything that foundational yeah. habit. And, and it's yeah. because it is so I, I do need my sleep and I'm not getting uninterrupted sleep. I mean, I get probably one stretch of sleep that's about three hours in the night and then the others are shorter. So hopefully that will change. Well, that's all I can all I can say. Hopefully that will get better. But because of that, that makes life a lot harder. I've, you know, been realizing again with this COVID everyone in the house experience is that I need some solo time. <laughs> like every day I'm you know, I'm an introvert. I know that I'm not shy. I'm not whatever else people think of introverts being. It's just that that's how I recharge is by having some quiet solo time. And so when I have like four people talking to me at once, or somebody's got the TV going in the background and somebody else is playing a song, like it just, it makes me go crazy. And so I need to have some time where I'm by myself. So that comes to then, I, I have a list going here. I tend to combine the solo time with exercise, which I also feel like I need daily and going outside. So if I have a day where I can get outside for a 30 minute run, it's going to be a better day than a day in which I do not get outside for my 30 minute run. And I have not been running every day. Uh, I, I did my running streak for like three years and that hasn't been happening over the last few months. And I, I think I can tell, I think I can tell that I'm not happy. I mean, yes, it's partially the sleep as well, <laughs> which is just like depressing to not be able to sleep, but not having that regular everyday running thing is is not helping either. So maybe I'll get back to it. We'll see as the baby gets a little older. 2021. 2021 is the day. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to wish 2020 away because I mean, you know, it's a cute first year of a baby's life. Oh, right? no. I just meant that maybe that would be the start of your new streak. That would be the start. Like it could be be, maybe. Although you like starting on an arbitrary date. Yeah, so never that mind. could be a totally arbitrary. And maybe when he's a little bit older too. I don't know. You know, not breastfeeding anymore. We'll see. Planning. I plan on Fridays just like you you plan frequently. Um, you do You do a Friday planning session too. It's like your weekly review, right? Well, I do a work planning session on Friday and then like a home slash life planning session on Monday mornings, actually, which is typically the day I don't work out. Mm -hmm. But yes. Okay, gotcha. So, and it doesn't bother you that you go into Monday morning not knowing what is well, happening. Well, Monday? I would have, I will have already sorted through work stuff. Okay. So that part is like, okay, I kind of know what's happening. Monday is also usually a patient day for me. So it's very predictable. Okay. So it's not like I have a bunch of like unknowns or to do's to think about for Mondays. And I guess I, I do look ahead like on Sundays briefly, like at my calendar upcoming. So I have a general idea, but I don't do like the nitty gritty, like, what do I want to get done this week? You know, really like time blocking out, like, you know, which work tasks are more pressing and what home things need to get done during the week until Monday morning. I can't explain why, but like I struggle with getting into the mindset unless I'm in like a fresh mindset okay. and an early month. And maybe I like the deadline. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get it done. <laughs> No, I'd say I, I, I like going into Monday knowing what Monday is all about. And so I, I, I play it on Fridays. So I've kind of got that. And then it you know allows me to sort of rethink the weekend too, if I need to coordinate anything with that, you know, plan personal professional. I've, I've decided I'm really just taking it week by week on the planning. Like my hat, my 
inclination is to go like three months out. Like, ooh, maybe there's a conflict in like six weeks I need to deal with, but that's just wasted effort at this point. Um, we'll come to that when we get to that. And then finally, my my last foundational habit at this point, which I've developed in the past five years, is time tracking. So I have tracked my time in half hour blocks for the past five years. And it is, you know, not so much about anything related to my time management anymore, um, because I just see how much that changes based on what's going on in life. It's more of a record of my life. It's a, It's a journal that shows not just how I felt about stuff or what I chose to remember when I was writing it down, but everything. And so those memories are there, which is kind of cool. I can call them back up. So that's, that's another foundational habit. So I think we need to take an ad break. So we'll be back talking about fall in a few minutes. So we are back, best of both worlds, uh, talking about foundational habits in the first part of this episode. But I think we were going to pivot to fall. Yeah, well, this episode is airing right as the official beginning of fall hits. Isn't it usually the 20th or the 21st of September? What is it? The uh, autumnal equinox? Yeah, (laughs) autumnal equinox. equinox. Journal is spring, autumnal. Yeah, I want to know if it's the, maybe it's the equinox. But I know know there's like an official first day of the actual season. I've always found it laughable down here because it's like. There's nothing to change. Oh, it's fall. (laughs) Wow, it's 90 degrees and humid. Like, what? (laughs) Nothing nothing has happened. (laughs) But I will say like across the country, I guess we've been having very crazy weather patterns everywhere. And as we're recording this, there's like crazy fire sky in California. But there was also snow in Colorado. And my friend posted a picture of her two little girls starting school in Texas. And she said they had to wear a sweater for the first start of school ever, which is also because school started about three weeks later than it normally does in Texas. So some people are getting getting some fall experiences. Yeah, the Colorado one was crazy. I don't know if you your friends there have posted like screenshots of their weather apps, but it was it was like 90 degrees on Monday, and then it went down to 30 on Tuesday with snow. So. No, and it's weird. There's like gardens that you can see where the snow like just made all the bright green plants fall down. Like it's not that's not the way it's normally goes. Normally everything gets brown and shrivels up, and then it gets covered in yeah. snow. But maybe, maybe Colorado is well. No, but I mean around here, one of the worst tree damage storms we ever had was when we had an ice storm in late October because the leaves were not off the trees yet. Normally, we have an ice storm. All that's coming down is like. The branches and the branches are somewhat used to ice because this is, you know, Pennsylvania, they deal with that. Um, so there were all the leaves, the leaves were covered with ice. And so the, the weight was just incredible. So trees were falling everywhere. <laughs> so yes, uh, 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 anti-seasonal stuff, it, just, it doesn't work well. But uh, you grew up around here, right? You, you, you really I did. I do. I do. I miss fall. And I also went to college in like the most beautiful fall landscape that you could have. We had these, I went to Williams in Western Massachusetts and it was just this like rainbow mountain scene. It was like so idyllic. I mean, we dreaded December because the winter was terrible, maybe even November. I don't know. It got cold real quick. And I don't really like cold either. So really like for me to complain about the heat down here is ridiculous, but I do miss that feeling of fall. And I just wonder how this year it's going to be different because down here, even if you don't feel like fall, you can pretend it's fall by having 
gatherings that typically happen in the fall, and I just don't know if that. Or having your pumpkin spice latte. Are you a are you a pumpkin spice person? <laughs> You know what? I love the concept of it. And like, I think two or three years ago, I bought my very last one because I bought it. And I'm like, this is disgusting. <laughs> like, I think, I, I mean, I drink my coffee black yeah. and I do like cappuccinos and lattes, but I don't typically put any sugar in it. So for me, it was just like, no, I have heard really good things about the cold brew mm. pumpkin beverage that Starbucks offers, but I have never tried it. Well, I think it. it's sort of a slightly creamy, slightly sweet you know, cold drink then or whatever. But less sweet than like a than PSL. Less sweet, the, sweet than the PSL, yeah. So it's interesting. I, I'm not a I'm not a PSL person either, uh, but I I like chai tea. And so I've had like chai lattes and thought those were reasonably good. And I, as far as I know, it's a fairly similar spice concept, right? It's like slightly peppery, gingery with a, you know, cinnamony. I, I'm, I'm getting it wrong, but you know what I mean? It's that, yeah. that fallish. Maybe a little cardamom. cardamom and it's delicious. And we do like to make um, pumpkin pancakes Ooh. down here that kind of reflects that, that flavor. So profile. what do you put in them that makes them, you put puree in them or? Yeah, they do have pumpkin puree. We actually tend to use the same recipe. It's from Run Fast, Eat Slow that came out three or four years ago. And the recipe calls for teff as the green, but I've never been able to find teff. So we just use whole wheat flour. What, what is the spices? We- <laughs> <laughs> what even is that? It's actually like a, it's like a tiny seed that could be used. I want, one year I'm going to source it because I'm sure they're delicious made with the actual online, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure Amazon or anywhere else would have it or some fancy grain store if I wanted to go that deep. But no, it has like, well, I think it has like cinnamon, nutmeg, maybe some cardamom, ginger, maybe um, cloves. A lot of those mixtures have like a little tiny bit of cloves, which add that, I don't know, it's like a fall taste to it. Oh, they're so good. They're super good. So we'll definitely do that. That's a way we can have fall without having to actually have any fall weather. Because <laughs> it doesn't get cold till like November or not cold even, but like nice. It gets yeah, to nice. Like, they, like there's a chance it might start getting cooler in November, usually before then. I mean, we might see like a tapering off of the thunderstorm frequency, which I guess is cool in October, maybe. Maybe. But you don't really notice any noticeable, like, and people don't grasp that like the low down here is like 80. <laughs> like it just, we don't have that like, no, and the highs are not 100. The highs are like 90. It's just, it's sort of a very one note experience outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's there's something to be said for seasons. I, I love the seasonal aspect of this area. You know, September is this kind of cool month in the sense like you start warm, but you can tell that things are changing. Like the light is more slanted uh, because the sun is not as high in the sky. You the vines turn quickly. Uh, so there's this fla- this this color profile that's a little bit deeper with the overgrown greens of the summer. Um, with this touch of yellow or red in, in the overgrown vines. So it, it's it's got this great mottled nature to the, the color outside. And, you know, always like the kids going back to school, get the school supplies. I mean, we had to do it a little differently this year. We wound up ordering everything online and the big three did virtual, but Alex went to his first day of school live, you know, in person. So I was able to take the picture of him. And, you know, you just, every September, it just has this feeling of, time passing the sense of because because the previous September's you can sort of remember like oh yeah I was starting new things then and and it, it's it's a very it's a milestone it's month. a milestone like it, month and and so I think back to past September's and what those were like and um, I always remember that first touch of cool air like when my 
Uh, I moved to New York in September, early September of 2002. And in the course of the year, met Michael, fell madly in love, whatever. So I remember September of 2003, like this, you know, just the feeling like the city was just full of possibility as the, you know, chill came in. And I'm with this man that I'm like deeply in love with. And, you know, so I have that sort of memory of the city and fall with that. And, you know, it's just, I love September, but then I love October too, because the, the colors are amazing. Just, I'm so, there's, there's this quote from Ellen Montgomery, right? Like, I'm so glad to live in a world that has Octobers. And it, it's just this gratuitous beauty in this area that like, why in the course of the world coming to be, are there bright red leaves for three weeks in the fall? I don't know. It's so cool. But it's so we- nice that there are. <laughs> I wanted to share that Josh and I also had our very first date in September of 2002. So that's kind of amazing. But I I was going to also say that we were going to go on a leaf trip this year, which we canceled because it would have involved like multiple flights and and just we're not ready for multiple flights yet. So that's sad. Maybe next year it was going to be awesome. Well, I don't know. (laughs) There's nowhere you can drive to that has great leaves. (laughs) No, we are planning to t- to do some trips later in the or year. Or even that just are like driving. a short flight that you might feel more comfortable with. I don't know. Like you're gonna are you to gonna get, go see your yeah, sister at I some mean, point, right? Like I mean, that's a yes, short flight. I think we're yeah. I think we're gonna drive oh, actually because well, okay. she's gonna we're gonna meet at uh, one of our favorite places, Amelia Island, oh, and it's yeah. about the same distance drive for both of gotcha. us. So. Gotcha. Well, that'll yes. be fun. That would be great. Yeah. yeah, but the leaves, the leaves next year. Good. <laughs> There should be leaves next year. That's a wonderful thing about fall. It always comes to be fall again. Yeah, so we have a couple of things on my fall fun list. I always publish a fall fun list uh, on the blog and want to do apple picking. I've got that scheduled. It'll probably have happened by the time this airs because it turns out that the apples I like are more of a September harvest than an October harvest. So if you're thinking of apples as like fall fest, October the ones I want are already gone. <laughs> so I have learned this through hard experience that September is when it needs to happen. Yeah, we'll be doing some leaf peeping, hiking, um, you know, ho- hopefully biking. I'm trying to figure out how we can do that. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to fall, even if we don't have some of the, the same stuff that we usually do. No, no Eagles games. Um, they've no, I was signed up to do a, November marathon, not happening. So, but I'm still going to do a 10 mile run that is on the calendar. May have happened by the time this happens, but I think, you know, I'll do a couple. It'll be great. Yeah, definitely. There's no reason not to do a faux long run or faux race, even if we wanted to. Halloween is what I'm wondering about. You know, we're going to be about a month from Halloween when this airs. I I don't know. Uh, People have talked about setting up tables um, so that you're not really going into people's houses. And I think that might be a good. Yeah, I I see that, you know, what I. I, I think there's totally a way it can be done with like no problem whatsoever. Like, yeah, you have candy set out on a table and people can just grab a piece of candy or whatever. So they're not touch, not even touch, which now that we're knowing it's not even really passed through touching stuff anyway. I just worry that they're going to cancel stuff for no reason other than the same silliness that's leading to canceled well, other things that, you know, it, yeah, people, there is like a lot of serious people, by canceling Halloween. I, you know, well, here was the funny thing. People are like, well, why not, instead of doing trick or treating, we all meet up together for an hour. I'm like, no, that's, that's worse. That's worse. That's worse. <laughs> 
No, having, having all- kids walking around outside picking candy up off a table, like wearing their costumes, having fun, is like no no problem whatsoever. But I'm I worry that places are you know be like, oh no, we want to show we're serious. So let's just cancel more things for kids. That's that's what it is. That's anyway. I, I don't. I think Halloween will happen. I, I think so. the out the outdoor aspect should be protective. I joked that I'm going to just dress my kids as doctors and they can wear full PPE and then their costume is done. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> doctors and nurses with masks, masks and shields and on. Shields. Oh, they're they getting can, COVID. You know, yeah, they they should be fine. I think you know. <laughs> As if Genevieve is going to keep a face shield on. <laughs> I'm actually been really, really good about their masks. I got to say, um, I have been impressed. I've been completely, I fingers crossed this doesn't change, but I assumed that Alex would be the kid who was ripping it off left and right. And he has not been. He has worn it diligently every time he needed to. And that is amazing. It is amazing. I like, you know, so when we talk, we open talking about sleep, like it's some things you, you get, you know, the bum deal. Like I seem to be getting some of the bum deal on sleep with little kids. And certainly I did with Alex, <laughs> but then there are other things that you get lucky on, like that that's not an issue. Like, you know, cause if it is, it would have been 10 times as hard to do anything. Right. So. No, that's so true. But we have Cameron's been pretty good. I don't know if he's 100% at school, but he's supposed to be. The problem is Genevieve. Like she's just in that area where she theoretically should be wearing it, but she also likes to pull it off and she's not even three yet. So it's a little hard to enforce things. Well, I mean, I don't believe that there's any evidence that (laughs) if you're going to keep two year olds mask free, that I mean, we're up to, you know, 23 months versus like 28 months, like, ooh, something's different there. (laughs) Yes, the physiology physiology is very different changes completely. (laughs) I know, I feel like four would have probably been a more realistic number because a four year old can typically follow directions. None of this is being set by people who are thinking about (laughs) parents. Yeah. Anyway. Oh man. All right. Well, let's well, transition get to, to our, our love of the week. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I'm worried that I talked about this love of the week before. Okay. Did I? But do you think someone's oh, no. going through and like <laughs> Well, no, I no, no, Sarah. To... You've said that before. I've listened to all 164 episodes and you are not allowed to do oh, no, that. This is the pen one. I'm not worried about this one. No, well, you know what? I have listened to podcasts before where I've heard the hosts repeat themselves and I'm like, oh. But then, and then sometimes they realize it and it's kind of funny. So anyway, podcast hosts are people too. My love of the week is, I love it. We have matching ones. Yeah. The Pentel Energel Klena made in Japan, mm. 0.5 millimeters. And I wonder if it's the exact same thing that you have, just the Japanese well, yeah, version. I was say, what does Klena even mean? Like what, what makes I don't know. That? Like clean. I think it means like clean, oh. like not smudgy, mm. which it really is. It's very glidey. Okay. I think it would still smudge on my beloved Hobonichi paper because everything does. But like in my bullet journal and on just regular copy paper, oh, it's like, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a gel pen. Writes I like, like this a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mine, mine is the Pentel Energel Liquid Gel Needle Tip 0.7 millimeter tip. I, I bought these at Target last year and been using them. And then I... I just ordered some more because they disappear from my desk in the sort of lack of boundaries that seems to happen in this house. But uh, yeah, that's pretty similar to my, I'm showing, um, we're, we're holding ours up to the uh, camera, but. Mine's prettier. Yours pretty, okay, fine. Yours is prettier. <laughs> <laughs> mine is not a fancy Japanese pen. I just bought it at Target. 
Uh, they're probably the same inside. I, ha- I have, I have my. I mean, they're both called Pentel Energel, so yeah. they're probably similar. But it does write really well. I liked it. I, I like writing with it. You know, on my notebooks, on my notes, whatever. I, I'm in in my journal. I, I like to have a good pen for some. I, I feel like it's going to cause me to have great ideas and great thoughts. And so I buy the good pens thinking that's going to happen. I also buy cute little notebooks thinking that I'm going to fill them with great thoughts. And my supply of cute little notebooks vastly outstrips my supply of great thoughts at the moment. So not sure what to do about that. <laughs> if you write anything down on a regular basis and you do not have a pen that you love, I encourage you to order some pens because life is too short to have crappy pens. And it is really a joyous experience to write with a pen that, that feels good. Yep, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been best of both worlds. We've been- Wait, what about our Q&A. Oh, do, do we, we have not a Q&A? have one? Oh, I might have forgotten a Q&A yeah, for this So I was one. just going along with the scripts. And I'm like, wait. Well. Well, sorry. <laughs> oh, well. We've already gone 30 minutes anyway, so <laughs> okay. Yes. So we have discussed habits and fall and great pens. And please send us your questions. We do have some more, so I'm not running low on them. But I did forget to include one in today's script. Oh, I know what I want to do. Can I mention one oh, more sure. thing about fall? Yes. Probably by this point, the fall extravaganza episode of the Girls Next Door podcast has probably aired, and it is one of my favorite fall traditions. They've done it every year. It's a very conversational, like, friend podcast hosted by two women with young kids. Um, One of them just had a baby this year, but they do this amazing thing where they they buy each other fall scented candles and then they make the other one create a name for it. And they <laughs> so it has to be in the, in the realm of like pumpkin spice latte, but yes. like it, it has to be they different. Do it, okay. They do it on air and it's just like, it's lovely. So um, probably by now you can download it and they're there. It's called the girls next door. Said, like, so. Spicy warm plaid. <laughs> That's one of their. Yeah. Sometimes like lumberjack <laughs> comes in there and like, yeah, yeah. They're, the names they come up with are I saw a candle great. advertised on Instagram that was called Friday night football. I'm like, you're just trying too hard. Like, what is the smell of Friday night football? I don't know. Cut grass, sweaty men. <laughs> just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some seven layer dip. Seven layer dip in beer. <laughs> That's a candle. I want to smell a candle to smell like beer. All right. Well, on that Hi. note, this has been Best of Both Worlds, and we will be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.